0: Welcome to the Avocado Social Club, a podcast where we talk about important things affecting young people and that we find ourselves talking about, from politics to popular culture. My name is Natalia and I'm from Mexico City.
1: My name is Fraser and I'm from London. First of all, what have been some of our highlights from the last few weeks?
0: Yeah, so part of the reason why this is a month after our last episode is because we went to visit my family in Mexico after about a year and a half of not seeing them. So that was a huge highlight. And I'm very glad we were able to go and taking all the precautions, obviously, due to coronavirus, but it was really lovely to just be home. We didn't do that much, so we don't have a lot of Mexico highlights. We we didn't go out very much, but it's nice to just be home.
1: Yeah, and I think it both made us look forward to being able to go there and also being able to be here when things are more open and more back to normal.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. was
1: nice to think about.
0: Yeah. It was also kind of nice getting back to our flat and not having to go to a hotel. <laughs> but anyway.
1: <laughs> Another joint highlight, slightly different, is one thing that we've been watching together that we've just started, which is the HBO series Flight Attendant. Yeah. Which is a thriller, murder, mystery. Series
0: Kind of psychological type thing is with Kaylee Cuoco, who most people know from the Big Bang Theory. And it's quite, I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, keen to, well, it's sort of, it's got all of the hallmarks of a lot of this kind of HBO, HBO series, but like The Undoing and others, where each episode ends with a bit of a twist and makes you want to know what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah, made for binge watching. Um, I've got a a bit of a strange highlight that I never thought I would say, but I finished all of the MCU films uh, for, sorry, Marvel Cinematic Universe films and finally started WandaVision. So the reason why I chose to watch them was because I wanted to watch WandaVision and I knew that the best way to enjoy it was to watch certain films in the MCU. And I asked my friends and they told me which ones to watch. And then when I was going to do that, I decided that my my obsessiveness wasn't going to let me do that because I couldn't watch Captain America 2 if I hadn't seen Captain America 1. So I was just like, I'm just going to watch all of them. And I'm actually glad I did because when I got to the last Avengers, it felt like I completed something big. Whereas if I'd only seen a few, probably wouldn't feel like that. And also some of my favorite ones were not in the list of the, actually all of my favorite ones were not in the list of the ones that I had to watch so glad I did that and I finally started WandaVision and we will probably come back with my thoughts on that show on the next episode
1: <laughs> yeah it's been quite a lot of effort for you to get to this point yeah so yeah so I've got a musical highlight which is spin, the song Spinning by Charlie XCX No Rome and the 1975 in the new super group which may or may not make any other songs it was just that song i think yeah. it's a good song
0: i think them calling themselves a super group feels like they might make more they, they, songs. they didn't
1: call themselves a super group
0: yeah i think didn't charlie xcs so happy to be a part of the super group
1: i don't know oh maybe, maybe i'm wrong yeah, no, sorry no, no, i haven't seen that sorry but yeah it is a super group in terms of music made and Mm. sold over the years.
0: We were going to see all of them in a festival this summer, but then
1: it got cancelled. That's a shame that it's been cancelled, because it might actually end up being allowed that festivals can take place at the time, so maybe they cancelled it too early, which is a bit of a silly thing to have done, if that's the case. Yeah. And I have one other musical highlight. I've been listening to Only Child, the album by Sasha Sloan that came out In 2020, it's a pop slash indie pop album from last year Mm -hmm. with highly relatable millennial and Gen Z-focused lyrics.
0: On my book highlights, I'm reading The White Album by Joan Didion. I don't know why, again, my reading has has taken a slump, but I think it's going to pick back up now with the Women's Prize longlist being announced because I'm going to try and read all those books. So that's going to pick up. But I'm really enjoying The White Album. It's got a few essays that feel not the right time to read them in terms of feminism and we'll talk more about that later. Not about Joan Didion, just about feminism. But aside from that I'm really enjoying the style of Joan Didion. I never read anything by her before and she just wrote a new book and I thought before reading her new book probably we get to go back on her uh, history of writing. And the White Album is about the 60s in Hollywood which felt like quite a pivotal time ending with the Manson murders. And she talks about meeting with the Black Panthers and buying dresses for a Manson girl. And just all of the... She feels a bit like a ghost in the 60s Hollywood, which is probably a lot of it due to the fact that she seems to just have always said yes to any party, any opportunity, and it gave her so much material for these essays. But it's really it's really interesting to read. So I'm enjoying Mm. that.
1: It also has a cool cover as well
0: it does have it, this is the fourth edition mm. like the, the it's not the fourth edition it's the the editions are called fourth <laughs> okay um but yeah it's got a lot of editions i think but yeah this one school is her with a car looking like a sexy school girl so yeah
1: <laughs> i've got a film that i enjoyed watching yeah which is the burnt orange heresy which is a 2020 thriller about an art collector Mm. and a series of paintings and an artist. Not a real art collector, artist, or series of paintings. Uh, The film has Elizabeth Debicki, Donald... I've written Donaldi, but it's Donald Sutherland because I think I was writing Debicki (laughs) and then I wrote Donaldi. Donald (laughs) Sutherland and Mick Jagger. And it's set in Northern Italy and around Lake Como, which is pretty nice to watch. So, yeah, it's sort of a mystery film... What would, who would I say it's for fans of? For fans of not-too-long thrillers.
0: And, like, a bigger splash, you said?
1: A bigger splash, if you've seen that. Probably not yeah. many people have seen that film. <laughs> so not many people will be fans of that film. Um, but, yeah, it's good.
0: Does it have Elizabeth the Becky on a boat? Yes. Does it? Yes. <laughs> this is, this is a little the little Becky saga. She's always on a boat in her films.
1: Yes. Maybe it's contract. people. Yeah. So, yeah, that it does. It's another one of those. Which, yeah, those are films that we like. Yeah. So, yeah, for fans of those films and TV shows.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got another podcast I like, which is a bit of a self-indulgent one because I, I help with a very tiny part of this. But it's mm. called The Art of Living Now podcast, which was done by the female focused platform, Her Hustle, and Misuma, the jewellery brand. And the host is Emma-Louise Boynton, who is the co-founder of Her Hustle. And not only are the Her Hustle girls lovely, lovely people, but also they are really great interviews with... Uh, the last one was with Liv Little, and the day that this comes out, uh, there's one with Lori Nunn, who is the writer of sex, educa- sex education. And it's just a really nice podcast to delve into and listen to. And they talk about rules for living successfully in whatever success means for them. So in love, in life, in career, money, that kind of thing. So, and my last highlight is just two films. I'm just gonna say very quickly, there are two young adult focused films called Moxie and The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Moxie is on Netflix. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things is on Amazon. And they're both kind of coming of of age, young adult uh, films. Moxie focuses on a girl finding feminism as a way to navigate through her high school experience. And The Map of Tiny Perfect Things is another film with a time loop. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So they're reliving reliving the same day again and again. Again, with a bit of a twist, as these films usually have. But Mm. it's a bit more of a love story.
1: Yeah. And one other highlight slash thing to mention, which I'd love the opinion of other people on is I signed up for a photo sharing app called Dispo, which you you, previously it was invite only. So thanks to Jack for the invite, but is now can just be downloaded and used by anyone and is a bit like Instagram, except you don't have filters, you don't have editing And you just take a photo as if it was as if you were using a disposable camera, you take it and then it develops virtually the next day at 9am. So you have to wait until the next day to see your photo and you can have different roles as if you had a, a film role going at a time that you can then share and collaborate on with different people. So two people could take photos to the same role and then you could share that with people. And yeah, I can't tell if it's going to be a massive hit or if it is not going to be a big hit. The main thing I'm excited about is I got the username at Fraser, which I do not have on any other platform. So I hope it
0: becomes
1: <laughs> That's a, a massive username. success. good yeah.
0: username. I haven't used it. I have it. I just haven't used it.
1: Yeah. Probably should well, test probably, it out. Probably says that it's not
0: I guess I successful. have. I have an actual film camera. <laughs> so when I see something where I'm like, oh, I'd like a film photo of that, I take it on my film camera. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll
1: see. We shall see.
0: (laughs) So moving on to our topic, today we're going to talk about something that we did an episode on a year ago, which is kind of International Women's Day, but we're more going to talk about what it's like to be a woman and constantly feel unsafe. And we're going to start with a bit of context because there's been a lot going on both in the UK and in Mexico concerning this this subject so we're gonna just start with a bit of an intro and then I'll go into talking about things that I do as a woman to keep myself safe and some of which I've told Fraser before some I probably did so unconsciously that I've never even talked about so yeah that's what the structure is going to be do you want to start with a UK context Fraser?
1: yes so International Women's Day was on March the 8th so not that long ago as we record this episode. And in the UK there was a recent event where Sarah Everard from Southwest London or living in Southwest London had this, uh, at this time had, had gone missing around on International Women's Day or just before, and now she's been found dead. It's a police officer that has been charged. Ar- arrested and charged with um with i think kidnapping and murder so this was kind of going on over the last week in the UK and uh, and it's really shocked a lot of people in the UK but also at the same time as shocking a lot of people it's surfaced a lot of existing i guess existing feeling and existing statistics and and data that already exists about the experience of women in the UK so it prompted Jess Phillips, who's a Labour MP, to read out the names of the 118 women and girls killed in the UK in the last year. There's been an average of 140 per year over the last 10 years. So that's kind of the the level of, yeah. of things in the UK just to set context. And then amongst the things that were being, that have been talked about a lot this week and were being shared, there was a there was a YouGov the Gu- and, and The Guardian survey that among women aged 18 to 24, 97% identified that they'd been sexually harassed in some way, mm. um, but that they more or less, 96% of, of respondents said they just didn't report incidents. So 96% of the time, people don't report um an incident in this survey of a thousand people. So that that's some of the context and it's it's, it's interesting because obviously there's an incredibly high number, ninety-seven percent, and then an incredibly high number of the time people don't report it because they feel that it it won't do anything, basically. And we can talk more about that. That yeah. people don't feel it'll have any consequences, they don't feel it'll change anything. Um so that's that's some of what's been going on in the UK over the last week. I think there's 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 going to be a lot more that comes out in the next week, and even as we record this, we've just had a a, a vigil for Sarah Everard that was cancelled, where too many police turned up and scuffles basically broke out. Yeah, so that's that's the latest here, but yeah, obviously the, there's going to be more things that happen, and and it'll be interesting to see. I suppose from from our perspective or my perspective, most interesting to see what does change is always hard when a shocking event happens or a movement happens to actually visualize what is the change that can be made mm. especially when it's such a huge problem
0: and What's, it's yeah. yeah I mean the UK it feels very much like a it's it's not not annoying the UK in the world it's just such a it's a culture shift it's not a law thing because this man was arrested if if it is him he's been arrested
1: yeah um a serving police officer a
0: serving police officer so it's the demands are not for the government necessarily the demands are for men in the uk
1: yeah i think i know what you mean so it's sort of there's not no one's lining up right right now maybe they will but no one's lining up around a specific policy that needs to be implemented i mean there's a lot of things being thrown around but it's not that there's a specific thing it's a cult it is a, yeah like you say it's a culturally led issue yeah that may have responses further down the line i guess
0: and i guess the reason i say that and the segue into the context in mexico is that in mexico 99% of the time no one is charged so yeah. there is a change there to make from the authorities perspective. In terms of Mexico, I would say it's considerably in, in a war situation. These murders should not happen at all. Uh, so it's always a bad thing if they do. And the fact that there's been over a hundred women murdered in the UK every year is awful. And it reminded me that you can never, even when you think you can, feel safe. In Mexico, 11 women are killed in gender crimes every day. There are 11 Sara Everards every single day.
1: Yeah, so that's in the U that's about thirty times, nearly thirty times the, the number in the UK, I think.
0: That amounts to over four thousand murders and disappearances every year. Yeah. The over a hundred over 100 is passed within half a month in Mexico. The numbers have only gone up in the last few years as well. And that's just murders. There are 50 rapes reported every day. That's two rapes an hour. And this is only reported rapes. Consider yeah. that trust in reporting on the police, like Fraser said, in the UK is low, is way lower in Mexico than it is in the UK. Several of the hard profile murders over the last few years have been committed by on duty police. Women in Mexico do not have a good relationship with police and at protests, those tensions are palpable. There's attacks between each other because women do not trust police. Even so, two rapes are reported every single hour. So I can't even imagine what actually happens. Mm. Women, like we talked about last year on on our International Women's Day podcast, have taken to doing a protest once a year called a Day Without Women. Women don't go to work, they don't go to school, to university, or anywhere, to show what it would be like if all women were killed, because it feels like eventually they will, with the numbers that are going up, that keep going up, and it's it's been heartbreaking on on the eighth of March to see the protests happening for international women's day and see women with pictures from the march the year before with a friend and holding signs saying you told me that if something happened to you i should burn it all down and this year you're not here with me so i'll burn it all down like so many of the women that went to the march last year are now dead or 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 disappeared Mm. and it's awful it's it's heartbreaking and it's it We have been having this protest for so long, and we have been saying it for so long, and no one listens. So, I hope that this little speech that I've given just makes makes someone listen internationally, makes someone put pressure on the Mexican government internationally, because they're not listening to us. So, on that note, there is something that has been coming up, both in Mexico and in the UK, which is the whole not all men thing. There is a thing with, but not all of us are like that. And maybe it was not just not all men, but also maybe it was her fault, which is such an age old thing that people are still saying. Uh, And yesterday I went to the virtual vigil for Sarah Everard and Dom French said something very, very poignant, which was, if it were up to women to stop being murdered, we would have stopped it by now. And I just, on that note, I want to share stuff that me and other women have been sharing that they do in order to feel safe and that they shouldn't have to do. So it's obviously changed what I did in Mexico to what I do in the UK for several reasons. But should I start with what I used to do in Mexico to keep myself safe? Yes. I used to always share my location when I went on an Uber, send my live location to my mom or my brother or a friend. I used to always make sure I had nail scissors in my purse in case I needed them. I would hold them tightly whenever I was in an Uber or in a taxi. Always. Scissors or some sort of sharp object. I never took a public taxi. I never walked alone at night. It was not even considered as an option in Mexico City, ever. You just don't walk alone at night. It's not a thing. Um, I would check my route before leaving in my car to make sure I was not going through a dodgy part of town and I would drive for longer if necessary. Again, you don't walk alone at night so there is no walking the long way home. It's driving the long way home because you don't walk. Uh, I would hold my keys in my hands when walking in daylight and in parking lots. Ask my male friend several times to drive behind me until I got home. Wear heel shoes if I knew I had to walk alone or take taxis in case I needed to use one as a weapon. I could take off my shoe and use my shoe as a weapon. Used to do that a lot in taxis. Um, Send my brother and my mother a screenshot of my Uber's information. Again, I never took public taxis, so I never had to do that. And in my car, I would roll up my windows in stoplights because there's a lot of stories of men getting into your car uh, in a stoplight and just driving you off in your own car. Yeah, that's what I could think of.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So... Reacting to that, do you feel because the level of violence against women and, you know, other things as well, other crimes are higher, do you feel more scared there and and you instinctively want to do more of these things there versus here?
0: Yeah, I honestly, when I was thinking about this list, I forgot about things I used to do, like taking the scissors. There was one time where I couldn't find scissors in my house and I took a knife to uni for the Uber just in case mm. um which i that kind of stuff i just i think i kind of blocked it or or forgot about it and just thinking about it now i so was i used to do i did used to do a lot more in mexico because the rates are obviously higher and it doesn't stop people whether it's it's daytime or nighttime really even if you feel slightly safer walking in daytime because there's more people around um yeah but there's been like social experiments done in mexico where they film someone being kidnapped in broad brought daylight, brought daylight and people not, not doing anything because they're more scared of the kidnappers yeah. <laughs> than they are of of helping. So yeah, I, I definitely, I think it's important to say that my feeling of safety drastically changed when I moved to the UK.
1: Yeah,
0: Walking alone at night being an option felt insane to me, yeah. but I felt relatively safe doing so. Yeah. It's something I can do. It's something I, I feel like I can do, even if I'm going to list the things I do in the UK to feel safe. But yeah. In Mexico I couldn't walk alone, let alone at night. Um normally I would ask a friend to be with me, a male friend, or I would ask a male friend to follow behind. Mm. Uh things like that. So yeah.
1: And um is would you say that your experience in Mexico, obviously as people that listen to this podcast in Mexico, would you say it's typical less bad, worse? What would you say?
0: It's probably typical for my group of friends. I used to, yeah, yeah, my behavior. I used to take a lot of Ubers, a lot more Ubers than most of my friends have been driving for a really long time, whereas I started driving quite late. So I used to take a lot more Ubers, which means that the the scissor holding and that kind of stuff was more typical of me. Um, But I would say that for not my friends and people who are more at risk ethnically and and because of social because of social class, if they probably take more measures to to be safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Than I did. And I think when I first arrived in the UK, I used to be a lot more on edge about walking alone and and doing things by myself because I it's just like a trauma that you don't realize is a trauma that you have. Mm. And Within a month, I started feeling better because the the atmosphere around me was different. I think most women who move from Mexico to UK feel the same way, and it's probably quite hard for women in the UK to to understand because they've mm-hmm. lived with a with a, we ha- we all live with a with a fear at the back of our heads. But f- moving from Mexico to UK, it's free, and you feel like you are free for yeah. the first time in your life to walk alone and not feel like someone's going to kill you. On my sexual harassment story in Mexico City, I was grateful that I wasn't killed, basically. Like, that's how bad it was.
1: Yeah.
0: In the UK, though, things I still do in the UK, because as we as has been proven in the last week, even when you think you're safe, you're not necessarily safe when you're a woman. So in the UK, I still hold my keys in my hands when I'm walking alone at night. Obviously, that hasn't happened throughout the year of the pandemic, yes. but when I'm walking alone at night, I do hold my keys in my hand. I have dialed 999 and kept my phone in my hand just in case, especially when walking home in Peckham or in a park. Again, even this, I would never think to call the police in Mexico and keep my phone on. I probably would have put like, my brother or my, my mom's phone number on a few times, but never the police, which mm, is another change. I constantly look behind me to make sure I'm not being followed. I cross the street if I see a group of men in front of me and I'm alone in the UK. I jump if a car ever stops next to me because I feel like they're gonna get off and try and take me. I instinctively step back and go on fight or flight mode if a man approaches me in the street every time. So yeah, those are things I don't do in the UK.
1: And <laughs> thinking about those things, would you say that after the last week you feel differently about those things or you feel like you would do different things not because the statistics have changed but because you may be more aware of them and because there's been a specific thing that everyone's been talking about how does that so affect it?
0: I feel like when family interviewed but I feel like when <laughs> <You> um, <are. laughs> I feel like when I I used to hang on I need to I felt what I would do differently. I mean, still hold my keys in my hand, still do all of those things, but I keep having this horrible image of of Sarah Everard walking and a policeman stopping her and saying, "I'll drive you home. It's not safe for you to walk alone at night." This is not. This is speculative. This is what my head has created, yeah. and her getting in his car, him driving her, kidnapping her, and killing her. And I think. Would I ever trust a policeman if they asked me how I was now? Probably not for a while. Yeah. If they asked me, do you need help or do you need us to follow you home? Or like, no.
1: Yeah. I think,
0: I, I think it's changed my trust in that for sure. Yeah.
1: So that's definitely something that for a lot of people is going to make them feel less safe. Yeah. Even if they aren't any less safe than they were, it's definitely going to make people feel a lot more scared.
0: Yeah. I think. Um, and I think walking around parks particularly in South London I've always felt a little bit unsafe yeah. but even more so now uh, yeah. I think it's almost when we used to live in a flat closer to, to a park in Peckham and I used to have to walk there at night after uni and every time I dial 999 okay and I think now it's almost like those fears have been confirmed
1: yeah when we first when i first move that i should say i didn't like that and i felt kind of on edge like you have yeah. some of the, the ways that you've described when we first moved to that,
0: that yeah spot, so imagine like after, as a woman
1: yeah and then <laughs> just after a while it's something that you accept i think
0: yeah
1: um and that you and that people have to accept and it's probably the same in mexico even though things might be 30 times worse
0: you have to continue living But like
1: you can't not not live and that's like the sad part of it you just have to live with fear
0: yeah and I think for what what this has brought out is something that for women we we kind of we keep in the back of our minds all the time because we know it's there but you can't talk about it all the time because it's impossible because it's there all the time and it's brought forth this wave of saying yeah there is always always fear always and we live perpetually angry at the world, and it's it's hard. So when something like this happens, it it blows up and it's blown up in in the UK and it's been blowing up in Mexico for for the last few years as well. And partly in Mexico, it's been it's been a change to see how so many women that wouldn't have identified as fem- feminists now go to all the marches and and pose on Instagram and, and say feminists and and talk about how we're not all there and it's, it's, it's been a big shift in how women treat each other in Mexico I think a big big shift it now feels like we're all together um whereas I think in the UK that had happened before and everyone feels like that anyway but I think this blow up and this exhaustion that women in the UK are feeling is because they've for the first time in probably quite a long time, they have voiced the fear that they live with. Yeah. For, yeah, for the first time in a very long time. And I think for me, and the reason I I, I don't quite feel as exhausted is because I've been doing that for like three years.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: there is There is so much else to talk about on this topic, from mm. the way that the movement can, can come forth to things like which Fraser and I have talked about uh, outside the podcast, things like, oh, but where were you when this was happening? That kind of thing. There's a lot to unpack in this topic. And we'd be happy to do that if it's something people are interested in. If you are someone who would want to come and talk to us about this topic, we're open to that as well. Um, Because we know that a a lot of women have things to say. So we'd be open to it as well. So feel free to, to write to us. But I think for now, we'll leave it there to not make it too long. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram as at the Avocado Social Club. And you can email us on the Avocado Social Club at com. And I am on Instagram as at underscore Natalia Alvin.
1: And I'm at Fraser D. Bell. Thank you so much for listening. And Thank you. we're really looking forward to doing this again.
0: And hearing from you on this topic.
1: Awesome. Bye. Bye.